Greg and Dax love football. We know you do too. So grab a cold one and listen. Escape with us for a few. Woo! And that was D.O. Nevins. You can that find him on great. Spotify. Yeah, I know. That's our intro. I love it. I think it's uh, it's what I want. It's what I wanted. He did it the first go. You can tell. Just kidding, Dave. I love you. It's fantastic. Uh, we're going to use job, it Dave. every time. Yeah, thank you, Dave. And um, Dio Nevins, he is an aspiring singer, songwriter, uh, and does a million of other things. Listen to him. Go find him. He sells vinyls. Uh, and we we love him. And it was friend of the podcast, and uh, it was a fantastic episode. So, there you go. And that is what you're in store for with fantastic episode number two. Uh, we two. did episode zero. We did episode one. We're on episode two. We're just going to crank these out. The more we do, the more content that's out there. Uh, and then as we talked about last week that I edited out, I'm a sellout. I will do as much content as the people want as long as it pays the bills. Yeah, that's the name of the game, right? So let's make it happen. Let's um, make it happen. So, so what we have on tap for episode two here, what are, what are we kind of you know framing up here? I think uh, I think this is going to be a grab bag. Is that what we're saying? It's kind of you know middle of the summer. Uh, not much is going on, but we've got uh, – a good Google Doc full of things, and, and I think we'll kind of go down that and see where the conversation goes. What do you think? I think that's great, and I think in particular we, you know, we've hit a lot of the hard-hitting stuff in our first two episodes. We talked about what fantasy football is for my buddy out there who's, uh, you know, borderline illiterate. Sorry, Carney. <laughs> uh, we love you. We, ta- we love you, but, you know, uh, we talked about – uh, Aaron Rodgers' situation, the Broncos. We, you know, we we went in depth last episode, and I think this episode, I want to make it short. I want to make it sweet to the point. Grab bags. Let's get in and out. Greg, kick us off. What do you want to talk about first today? Man, pressure's on, right? So, I mean, you know, like I said, nothing's going on this this time of year. It's it's kind of a bunch of beat reporters that stand 150 feet away from a couple of adults playing football, and they go, "Wow, that guy made a really good catch." Um, so I want to talk about something you put on. You, uh, Denzel Mims, uh, my sworn mortal enemy of of my guy Elijah Moore. Um, you put on uh, on the, our sheet here that apparently he's looked really good. Um, so you say. Um, I have heard almost the exact opposite. So I wanted to hear kind of what you're hearing, and then talk about kind of what I've heard about Denzel. So what I've heard is that he also hasn't looked <laughs> very good. <laughs> okay, perfect, good. As long as we're getting the same information. Yeah, we are. We're on the same page. But so, uh, but apparently he had a really nice catch in practice today. Uh, he went uh, <laughs> went over the top on some scrub second team defender. The yeah. the beat reporter had really not a whole lot else to say. And it, you know what? And and kind of a segue to something else. But I think it makes sense. Could explain why Jamison fucking Crowder is back. Uh, you know, uh, because like maybe they looked at that room. And they're like, shit. We only have Keelan Cole, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims is not ready. Maybe that's what happened. Yeah. Again, first season was COVID season. You know, we're in a second season. Are you thinking Denzel Mims is a bust? Because I don't – I'm not there yet. I don't know. I think if you are a first-round pick and you're healthy now and you're running with the second team, <laughs> I'm really fucking worried. Yeah, not because Elijah hopes. Moore isn't. Elijah Moore is not running no, he's with the not. second team. Neither is my boy Keelan Cole, who who can play. Keelan, uh, he's got some skills. Keelan Cole had that one monster season in Jacksonville, fell off the face of the earth, and somehow repurposed last year uh, as uh, as some guy with some boom and bust weeks. Hey, any 
undrafted player out there that's still kicking around, you know, four or five years into their career, you know, I'm a fan. You know, that's true about Austin Eckler. It's true about uh, Kendrick Bourne, uh, who's just got paid and is going to do absolutely nothing for fantasy football, and and Q and Cole. So I, I keep those guys close. I love them. Um, but on Denzel, like, I hope it's just a, a you know, he was drafted by a regime that was a lame duck regime, and now he's got a, a new head coach, a new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, new scheme. He's got competition in the wide receiver room with Corey Davis and with Elijah Moore. And I hope it's just the fact of him, you know, getting his bearings. I, I really liked him coming out of college. He's a really fun player, but he, but he is a Baylor wide receiver. And we've seen how many Baylor wide receivers just do absolutely nothing in the NFL. And I... I hope that's not the case for Denzel. I hope he can kind of figure it out either with the Jets or, or maybe he goes somewhere else and, and gets it done in a couple of years. But he was fun, and I would just hate to see him do absolutely nothing. He was even fun last year as a rookie, so we'll see. But I did, uh, you know, to kind of sum it up, I, I think you and I have heard the same things. He's only running with the second stringers. Pretty much every wide receiver on the team is getting first-team reps except Denzel Mims. Maybe. I'm just speculating. I'm just a dude sitting in New Jersey. But maybe he got with Zach Wilson's mom. Have you seen Zach Wilson's mom? I sure have. I see her <laughs> quite a bit, actually. I, I, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> not in person. Just, just you know, I am a fan. I think she's a, a, a good-looking woman. I think I, I found her, um, how impressed she was with New York City endearing uh, in that in that that little clip of her and Zach driving to New York City. So <laughs> didn't she have like, isn't she like a big Instagram person too or something like that? I think I remember seeing uh, quite a bit about Zach Wilson's mom when he got drafted. And I think if you're Zach Wilson and you look like a 14 year old and you get drafted into the New York Jets and you kind of have, um, we well, can call her an attractive mom, right? That's an okay thing to say, but you have an attractive mom. You know, I think there's an acronym for that actually. <laughs> I think that, is I don't AM? know what I'm Attractive of my head. mom? Is that the acronym? Okay. I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 that's it. Yep. Well, well, Zach went to BYU. So I'm sure the New York Jets locker room is uh, very, very similar to his college experience where he went, lots of people. He went, to B, he went to BYU, so his mom is probably still a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just, it was just immaculate conception. Yeah. Which mom? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Which mom? That's how she keeps that figure, yeah. but uh, never, never had a kid. But. I want to I want to go back for a second, hit on Keelan Cole and something you said, which is actually incredibly yeah. insightful, despite how shitty our analysis it really is, uh, <laughs> which is undrafted free agents who hang around the league as long as Keelan Cole has, and especially who gets paid. I think he just got four or five million uh, a year for two years with the Jets. I think that's what it is. Hashtags but track. that's that's really interesting that's an interesting point he clearly is talented enough and provides enough value and it's not on special teams they don't play him no one plays him on special teams it's clearly at least not not that i'm aware of um it's impressive that means he does have some skill the kendrick borns of the world uh the austin ecklers no i mean absolutely i mean and if you look at you know we're or uh, unofficial pod sponsor, uh, Spotrack.com, or as we like to call it, Spotrack. <laughs> um, if you look at his just his career earnings, you know, in in four years with the Jags, he made just over five million dollars. You know, he he barely made a million dollars his first three years in the league, and then he got a, a pretty good payday last year because he got tendered. But this year, he's making 
exactly what he made his entire career. So he's kind of hit that payday. And I'm really hoping, you know, both for him and for the team that they give him a shot because he can play. And he's just one of those guys that you watch him on film. He had really good competition in, in Jacksonville with people like DJ Chark. Allen Robinson was there early on in his career, and he still made a name for himself. Um, albeit, you know, that was because Blake Bortles had put Allen Robinson in a hospital. But, you know, he, he still can play. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him with the Jets uh, along with my guy Elijah Moore. And then we also, you mentioned Jamison Crowder getting uh, getting a restructure. And I don't know, you know, their PR teams did a pretty good job of trying to spin that in a positive way. Um, but anytime you go from making, you know, $10 million a year to making, what is it, like $2 million guaranteed or something like that, that's not a good thing, Jamison. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, he'll be on the team. It looks like he'll be on the team. But I, I, I'm not scared of him. Uh, as an Elijah Moore uh, stan, if we will, as the kids say, um, I think Elijah's got his number. Well, the way I look at the Jamison Crowder restructure is not that they didn't want to cut him. They probably did. But it's all. it was also he didn't want to leave. They're going to cut him. He's going to enter a free agency market in a really tight cap situation for most teams. So who's going to even yeah. give him that guaranteed money? So that was probably where they came to the table and said, you know, we'll give you we'll give you more guaranteed money than you'll get on the free agent market free agent market. You you're learning the system the same way everyone else is. You're the veteran presence. All he has to do is beat out he's thinking he has to beat out a rookie. He probably saw Denzel Mims play and was like, I could beat him out. Um, and you have Keelan Cole, an undrafted yeah. Braden. So he's probably looking around like, I'm a thousand, multi time, thousand yard receiver. I need to prove myself. I'm in 20, yeah. I'm going to be 28 next season. I need, when I hit for agency next season, I need to make sure that I have a good year. This probably puts me in the best position long term. You know what it probably is? He's probably waiting for next year when uh, your Chicago Bears hire Adam Gase and he can get $8 million a year. Addition by subtraction. Uh, there. <laughs> no, no. So, Just, so uh, getting rid of Matt Nagy. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that it really was just a matter of both sides coming to the table and Jameson Crowder being like, "I need to get the bag next year because shit, everyone's broke as fuck right now. I can't afford yeah. this." And and the the TV money again. Let's uh, be complete you know, imbeciles when it comes to how the salary cap works. But I think the TV money, you know, was just all kind of renegotiated this past year. All those mega numbers came out from Amazon, NBC, CBS. And I think from a salary cap perspective, that'll really start being felt next year. And so those owners that are kind of hard crunched because COVID had a rough year, quote unquote, rough year for the NFL. I think next year when the TV money hits, uh, we're going to start to see contracts that are maybe not as quite as crazy as the NBA or, or Major League Baseball. But people are going to start getting paid. Um, so hopefully, or not hopefully, hopefully Jamison, I don't know, decides to play tight end. That's what I hope. Uh, what I'll say is this. I And I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I hope all these NFL players get fucking paid. For real. Because totally hear people bitch and moan like, oh, they play a game. I'm like, yo, you get hit by 300-pound guys who run four <laughs> 640s. Good fucking luck, buddy. No, these guys deserve – even – I said this yeah. the first episode. I'll say it again. When I disparage anyone on this podcast, I mean it in relation to other NFL players because these are the top athletes in the world doing 
some of the hardest goddamn work in the world. They deserve all their millions. They put their bodies on the line. They can legitimately, people have died on a football field, been paralyzed. Give them as much fucking money as possible. I'm okay with it. Pay these motherfuckers. Especially with these shitty ass owners who are, you know, holding the purse strings. Oh, like, yeah. You know, these guys deserve that money more than the owners do. So let's make it happen. So I'm with you. I was I was just going to move on unless you want to talk about Jamison Crowder some more. That's okay. Let's move on. <laughs> Sorry, Jamison. Um, but but one thing you talk about, it's on our list here too. We kind of transitioned into uh, the Matt Nagy world, you know, your your favorite world, Mr. Uh, Mr. Chicago. Um, you know, Matt Nagy came out this week and he unequivocally said that Andy Dalton is our starter. He will be our starter. There's no way in hell. I don't care what dakota fontanello says <laughs> justin Fields. and i did not... and i did say that i said <laughs> I, I told everyone to run out and get justin yeah. fields yeah you send carrier pigeons to matt nagy's house every day of the week um but i mean what do you think is going on there i i have an idea of what's going on there but i want to hear from uh, someone who's a little bit closer to it it's he's what he did what he exactly said was there is no way we want to stick to the plan and there's no way that justin fields can win the job in training camp he didn't say jack shit about preseason and i think that gives that leaves the door open <laughs> But I, I mean, and it sucks because I have tickets to go see the Rams and Bears week one, and I'm infuriated. I'm flying out to uh, L.A. to check out the new stadium, and I'm infuriated that I have to watch Andy fucking Dalton week one. I, I don't worry, Maddie Stafford will make it all better for you. I mean, you know, that's the other thing is I've already been to so many Bears Lions games. My, you know, my girlfriend, she's from Detroit. I lived in Michigan with you for two years, no less. And I've seen enough Matt Stafford. I'm good. I don't need to see any more fucking Matt Stafford. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think it's it's totally going back. I mean, this is classic NFL, right? Where something has worked once, and now all of a sudden it's gospel. And it's Matt Nagy going, you see Pat Mahomes? You see what we do with Mahomes? Alex Smith played that entire year, at least, you know, whatever, 16 games. And look what Pat Mahomes, he sat his first year. He's the greatest quarterback that we've got right now. We're going to do the same thing with Justin Fields. And I think that's the wrong conclusion to have. Alex Smith and Andy Dalton should not be in the same sentence. I can't believe I'm saying that because I'm not a huge fan of either. But Alex Smith at the time, he was putting his team in the uh, AFC Championship game. Yeah, He was playing. He's won, yeah. he's won playoff games. Alex Smith has won playoff games. Andy Dalton has never won a playoff game. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm with you. So I, I think it's totally naggy just trying to run it back, what we did in KC, we're doing in Chicago. And I think you are right. Once those lights turn on and those 11 and 11 preseason games start going, he's going to very quickly see how much better of a of a, just a playmaker, let alone quarterback Justin Fields is. And hopefully he'll let him do that. And it's not just a bunch of three yard outs that he's got Justin throwing all day long. I think that's exactly what is going to happen <laughs> to heart because it's Matt. Oh, no. Matt Nagy is – I post on the subreddit on Bears quite frequently. I uh, won't give my username away. Um, it's Mitch Trubisky, 69 yeah, yeah. lover. Uh, but if, <laughs> if you, like, read the Bears fans and what they say and what we all know as true, his gadgety nonsense was cute. Like, he had that play, Willy Wonka, where he passed to some backup lineman in the end zone. Like, Is that what he called it, Yeah, too? yeah, the Willy Wonka. Terrible, man. Some, or, yeah. And, and these are cute. They're novelties. But last year, you saw him get exposed really, 
really badly because he was using Cordell, Cordell Patterson as a third down back once uh, Cohen got hurt. And he and instead of using him in space, instead of doing screens, instead of sending him out in motion, it was third and one halfback dives. I kid you not. More often than not, yeah. we would sit there, Bears fans like pulling our hair out. Why would we do this? I'm like, you have David Montgomery. If you're going to push the pile, just push the pile. Don't get cute. And he is the king of getting cute and I think and outsmarting himself. <laughs> and, and honestly, you know, love the Bears. Go Chicago. He doesn't have the skill position players to do that cute stuff. You know, he's got Cohen. He's got Montgomery. He's got Allen Robinson. That's it. Sorry, Darnell. Uh, hey, hey, now, I love me some Darnell Mooney, fifth-round pick out of Tulane. We'll see, we'll see. I just – Have you seen the clips of him roasting Jalen Ramsey? It's all over. Like, uh, people have tweeted it to him, like Chicago Bears. Or in, like, a high school practice field? No, it was in game. It was last year. He roasted oh, oh, in, in uh, Jalen no, Ramsey. All, like, there is literally a YouTube highlight reel of uh, – a, a compilation of Darnell compilation. Mooney roasting Jalen Ramsey all game and Mitch Trubisky missing him on the overthrows. <laughs> <laughs> I love – I could – you know, I, I'm not one to grind the tape, so to say, but I could grind Mitch Trubisky overthrows all day long. It's just he, he tries so hard. And in the beginning, he, he you see his eyes open up wide. He, he sees it. He throws it. And it goes <laughs> right over the top of the quarter, uh, the wide receiver's head. So uh, I, I believe it. And I'm sorry, Darnell. Uh, I'm not going to draft you in probably any league. That's just how it is. Well, I will be drafting Darnell in Dynasty, especially once Justin Fields gets there as a starter, opens things up. But why? I mean, like, what does he got? I mean, educate me a bit on Darnell. I, I see he's he can run routes. I'll give him that. Yeah. Is he, like, a spark athlete? He's a, he's like, a speedster. Darnell Mooney, like, I watch a lot of football. I didn't see Darnell Mooney make any plays last year. Granted, I didn't watch all the Bears games. Chicken shit out of chicken salad. Like, the, the passes were bad. He was making guys miss. They would run him in motion. He was beating guys okay. over the top consistently. And if Matt Nagy's going to get cute and do the whole, I'm Andy Reid 2.0, and try to take the top off and use him in a Tyreek Hill role, he is the guy who's going to do that on this team. It's not going to be Anthony Miller. Anthony, I love Anthony Miller, though. He's a baller. Take back everything I just said five minutes ago about how I'm not disparaging about the human. Fuck you, Anthony Miller. Fuck you. <laughs> you are terrible. In the, the playoff game against the Saints, they had practiced for weeks and talked for weeks about um, Gardner. Charlie – I forget his name. Johnson Gardner. That, the safety for the Saints. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Gardner, Gardner Johnson. Johnson yeah. Thank you. That's it. And and he's – they talked – he's like – he talks a lot of shit. He's going to get in your head. And what does this guy do when we're down to like three wide receivers? He punches Gardner Johnson in the helmet. <laughs> he has a helmet on you idiot it's not gonna hurt oh my god not to mention i can't tell you the countless times he would run a bad route like it's not that anthony miller is a bad football player in terms of speed athleticism it's the mental game he is fucking awful he runs the wrong routes all the fucking time you just see mitch trubisky looking confused and it's like yeah well you overthrew it anyway fair but still Are you disparaging that University of Memphis education? No, because Tony Pollard came from there and uh, our boy Antonio Gibson. So clearly there's talent. And edu- and, uh, yeah, and uh, Daryl Henderson. So yeah, we'll, there we we'll go. see what it comes up. But uh, yeah, um, I, I fucking hate Anthony Miller. Moving on. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. But from uh, – watch this transition. From one Anthony to another, 
Let's talk about the Browns wide receivers. You, I think it was you, but yeah, because it wasn't me. Um, maybe it was a ghost. Uh, put on the spreadsheet that uh, Baker Mayfield came out, and he was pretty impressed about one of his wide receivers, and that wide receiver was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, and apparently he said Donovan Peoples-Jones looks incredible. You know, maybe I'll speak a little bit, and then I want to get your opinion too. So DPJ, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I'm I'm a big fan of. Um, I got to see him play uh, a lot in college. I, I actually got to see him, or I don't know if I saw him, but he played in high school um, in Michigan, uh, very close to kind of where my family is. So I got to hear of Donovan Peoples-Jones just being an absolute man-child, just uh, completely dominating people, especially uh, white suburban kids. And then he went to U of M. University of Michigan, and uh, he was really good, uh, but I don't think he ever really hit his potential at U of M. Uh, he made a lot of really interesting plays, especially as a, a kick returner and punt returner, um, was a really good wide receiver as well, but never really was a stud. And then he goes to Cleveland last year, um, kind of a later round pick. He did did some things. When, when Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt, um, he stepped into uh, kind of that, that role, a little bit of an ex-receiver type role, and he flashed. Um, I'm a big fan of his. I have him in, in the Dynasty League that we're in. Uh, I was able to pick him up in a late-round uh, rookie pick. And he, he's just an uber-athlete, five-star wide receiver out of high school, never really came together for him in college. But I think in the professional environment, in the kind of organization the Browns are building, I think he could really develop into something. And I'm really excited to hear that uh, Baker Mayfield is kind of pumping him up this early. What do you think? I think Baker Mayfield is probably not the best <laughs> evaluator of talent. Um, but I don't know. He played. He played with Hollywood Brown in college, right? He played with. Did he play with CD a little bit? He must have played with CD. I don't know, but I don't think he was part of the reason CD Lamb went <laughs> went to that campus. <laughs> but anyway, um, I will say this: Donovan Peoples Jones is one of those classic cases of. Um, what I call Dorel Green Beckham fever, where he is the has the oh, no don't the say size it. the speed and everyone gets infatuated with it and thinks my God like this guy just needs some time and to refine his route and I don't know how many of those guys who don't put it together in college actually hit later I just it's so I can't think of any I don't know of any so yeah. I don't think it's going to happen especially because Jarvis Landry's there. You know, they're a run-first team. They have o, uh, OBJ. They have Austin Hooper, David Njoku, Hunter Bryant. They have pass catchers. They have Kareem Hunt. They And they're a run-first team. So for them to win, they're not going to win giving the ball and feeding DPJ. That's not how they will score touchdowns. That's not how they're going to win games. So it's just not going to be why he's fantasy relevant. He just can't be. I don't think he can be. Yeah. To I mean, you're totally right. And, I mean, it, we saw it last year, you know, when – uh, Baker Mayfield came on the scene. He had a really, really exciting rookie year. People were really pumped about what he could do. And then he completely fell on his face. And I think they've learned from that. And they said, all right, Baker, we know what you can do. We know what you can't do. And they're kind of making Baker Mayfield into a little bit of a game manager. Um, and, and I know that term has a lot of negative connotations these days. And I don't necessarily mean it in a negative way. But but they've taken the the risk out of Baker's hands and they said okay you know Baker we're going to put you in position to succeed and and we need you to do what we tell you to do um and we don't want you out there being Johnny Manziel 2.0 and I think because of that you're right it's going to limit a lot of the output from a passing game that is going to happen in Cleveland um but one of the guys and the reason for the transition from one Anthony to another is they drafted a really interesting kind of project wide receiver um 
Anthony Schwartz out of Auburn. Um, are you? Do you know Anthony Schwartz? Are you familiar at all? I do. I was going to ask you about him, so I'm yeah. glad you brought him up. And he – so for the folks that aren't familiar, so Anthony Schwartz, um, like I said, went to Auburn, so SEC wide receiver. Um, but he's not just a wide receiver. Um, he was uh, one of the best track and field, uh, really kind of sprinters, um, coming out of high school. And actually, uh, uh, do you play track? I don't know. You run track? I guess you run track at Auburn. And he set. Uh, no, I world... think you run train. <laughs> he did. He probably did at Auburn. Probably did. Um, you know, we'll, we'll send some correspondence down there to confirm. But I would say he probably did. Um, but he did set a, a couple of records as a sprinter, um, specifically in the hundred meter dash. And it's really interesting that Cleveland has kind of drafted him. He was a, a relatively high pick for them, um, third round pick uh, in, in this wide receiver class. I'm definitely taking note, and I don't really expect anything from him this year. But I, 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 reg- I don't have him in any dynasty leagues. But there are multiple leagues where I passed on him and then almost immediately regretted it, just because I think something really special could be happening there. And it seems that, like, you know, as as you know, I watch all these dumb YouTube videos where they have cameras behind the scenes as these draft picks are being made. They were really excited about drafting Anthony Schwartz. And, and I got to think they got a plan for him. They're probably going to use him in a little bit of a gadgety way as he develops a bit into be a wide receiver. But with that type of speed, world class speed, you you can't you can't discount that. So I'm I'm an Anthony Schwartz fan this early on, and excited to see what he turns into. Yeah, and I think he went in most dynasty star uh, dynasty rookie drafts around what late third, early fourth round pick. So, That's where I've seen know. him go. So there was multiple leagues where I like I don't know drafted a tight end or something dumb and then like he went the pick after and i was like ah, i'm an idiot so yeah i mean i think i wa- i watched a lot of tape on him uh because this year i didn't have many draft picks so i was trying to uh, <laughs> come back in and the or late fourth uh early fifth and what i hear and what i've seen and read about him is that he's not he's gonna break your heart on the deep stuff he's not there he, he's a good diversionary piece, but he's not— Like his hands his, aren't there? Is that what you're saying? His hands aren't there, and his deep route running isn't there. And really, he's just a diversionary piece to stretch the field if he's running deep. What he really is is a guy around the line of scrimmage, drop off and let him use his speed to you know to get away um, and get him in space close to the line of scrimmage. That's what I've seen. Bubble screens, reverses, stuff like that. Yeah, and so I— I think that he's certainly uh, an interesting prospect, especially this late. And when you really think about these guys, you know, at this late, you really just, they need something to stand out. And I think anyone with his type of speed, he's, he's outstanding. He doesn't even have bad size. He's like six feet, like 5'11", six feet. Um, and he's like 200, 180 pounds. I think they said 185 pounds. So he's not a tiny wide receiver either. And I think that a lot of these guys often will, you know, I just think the perception is, oh, he must be like 5'8", 140 pounds, like Tutu Atwell. But but no, he's not. I mean, if it were yeah. at Tutu Atwell or or him, I'm taking Anthony Schwartz over Tutu Atwell. So Really? What, why is that? Um, I just think the— Just because of price? Well, yes, because of price, but also where they are uh, in terms of the depth chart. I think Tutu Atwell beating out Woods, beating out Van Jefferson, beating out Higby, beating out— Darrell Henderson beating out Cam Akers for targets, uh, Cooper Cup. I think that's going to be a lot harder task for you know someone who's 5'7", 145 pounds than it would be for Anthony Schwartz, who's six six feet, 
five eleven, uh, six feet five eleven, you know, and one hundred and eighty five pounds when he has to only go up against Rashard Higgins, OBJ, who's consistently been hurt, and uh, Jarvis right. Landry, who also isn't the you know epitome of health. So I think that there's an easier path for relevancy uh, for for Anthony Schwartz. Let me speak about Tutu because with, with Tutu, he was one kind of similar to a Cardarius Tony where just a ton of disrespect on his name. He was a second-round pick, second-round pick by Sean McVay and, you know, in the Rams with Matthew Stafford and you know his bazooka arm. And my opinion on Tutu Atwell um, is, is I'm buying that discount. And the reason I'm buying that discount is there's a role in that offense for Tutu Atwell. They signed Deshaun Jackson this year. They've talked about Deshaun Jackson and what he can bring to that offense. You look at what Brandon Cooks did for that offense. It's a very similar role. And as we know with Deshaun Jackson, I'm going to give him four games, five games maybe. And then they're going to need someone to come into that slot. And again, you know, this is not the podcast where we're, you know, telling you who to draft and what round to draft. Not yet, at least. And I'm not saying go pick Tutu Atwell because don't. But I would not be surprised if middle of the season we start thinking of Tutu Atwell as a labor claim and and as a claim that is, you know, potentially going to blow up for you. You know, one of those Deshaun Jackson lines, three catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown, you know. I could very much see that from Tutu Atwell maybe two or three times this year. Um, Anthony Schwartz, I think, if he gets snaps, I don't don't think he's going to really do anything where I think Tutu Atwell could this year, so... I mean, I think you said it yourself, and it's why I'm actually leaning Anthony Schwartz, because granted, the offenses are very different, and Sean McVay needs someone to fill that role, but there's already someone there that is experienced in doing it for him, whereas Anthony Schwartz is probably the only guy at this point. Like, I don't think OBJ is that guy who really is considered taking the top-off type speed. I just don't haven't yeah. seen it. I don't think anyone has. Jarvis Landry has never been that. Um, I don't see anyone else. DPJ is a big body. He's not some track star. So I think if anyone's going to really fill uh, in every modern day offense, and I think, you know, Kevin Savansky is a fantastic coach and knows this, but you know, if you're going to open up running lanes, if you're going to be able to do play action, if you're going to be able to have a balanced offense or even lean on the run, you still need to be able to take the top off. And Anthony Schwartz is the only guy there who I think can do that. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, again, COVID, so we didn't have a combine this year, but at a pro day, he ran four, two, seven, you know, and and that does that you can't discount that you know speed wins speed kills and <clears throat> that's the whole reason he went in the third round so we'll see. Um, you mentioned Odell. What do you think about Odell this year? Are you going in on him at all? No, no. And I I wanted to ask you about this because um, I think a lot of people are in the same place. Like I have him as my wide receiver, like twenty five, twenty four, twenty five around there, um, and back end wide receiver too. Yeah, I don't think the volume is there. I don't think the rapport has ever been there. I think he's been hurt pretty consistently. He got paid. He doesn't need to kill himself the way he used to. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this year maybe he feels, hey, I have to prove something. And so, you know, he tries toughing some stuff out, some lingering yeah. shit, and gets on the field more. But still, I just don't think he is the player in that offense that they expected when they traded for him. I don't think that he's a fit. Yeah, no, I. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I mean, we played fantasy football enough together where you know I, I have a hard time quitting guys. 
and AJ Green says hi. Sammy Watkins says hi. Um, Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson. Uh, Odell Beckham might be the next one on that list. And so, so I, you know, in a couple of best balls, the nine or ten best ball uh, drafts I've done this year, I've not drafted Odell at all. Um, but if, if the price gets to a point where he's just staring me in the face in like the fourth round, in the fifth round. It makes it really, really hard, but I'm with you. He has not looked like the Odell Beckham we have come to love in maybe three years, you know, and that's injury, that's, you know, changing teams, that's, you know, having Baker Mayfield as his quarterback, and I don't think anything has happened this year that makes me feel like he's going to be back at that level, Um, unless, you know, as we know with Odell, he's a little bit, we love you, Odell, but he's a little bit of a head case, and so if he gets a chip on his shoulder that everyone's out to get him, and just comes out and just is a monster, um, that could be fun to see. But again, uh, I don't know what algorithms you have that bake that into your model. Uh, <laughs> is there a pissed off, you know, wait on, the, oh, he's going to get 1,200 uh, yards because he's pissed off, but we'll Yeah, our, our algorithms here at the Greg and Dax Found the Fantasy <laughs> Podcast actually take anger into account. That's part of it. That's the, We're the only fantasy uh, analysis, uh, that's fantasy analysts. That's that's what you get with us. We're the only fantasy analysts who will take into account hand size, penis size, and anger. So uh, <laughs> do with that what you will. Yeah, but, to- totally. Uh, and the correlation <laughs> there is so strong too. When you have a, mm-hmm. a tiny penis and big-ass hands, you get some angry motherfuckers out there. So that's, that's what right. we're after. That's right. That's what we are, we are after. The We're after tiny penises. But <laughs> I want to <laughs> I want to touch on uh, or <laughs> do you? compare – I want to touch on penises. No, I'm sorry. I want to talk about something interesting that a player, I think, in the same frame, Juju. I look at Juju and OBJ. To me, they're a coin flip. I think the upside, sure, can be with OBJ. But here's something surprising. You know who was wide receiver 18 in PPR last year? Juju. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was he in standard? That's probably the biggest delta. Do you know what he was in standard? I don't, but I imagine he was probably like wide receiver 25 or 6. Yeah, like I bet you he's probably one of the biggest drops from a point per reception league to standard because there was multiple games, him and probably Deontay Johnson, where they were just getting peppered with you know 3-yard catches, you know 7-yard catches, things like that. Um, but we've talked about how you're pretty much an 80-year-old man if you're playing standard. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, we've talked about other things about you too. Um, but I, I think with Juju, see, one, I don't, compare juju to odell i think they're completely different types of players i think juju is very much of like a jordan matthews type a tyler board type if no you will. what what i mean is like around where they're going in terms of fantasy value that's yeah, that's okay, what i mean right. not uh, they're totally different players 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's nothing similar and with juju i mean that whole steelers team i think we've talked about this as well i i just I'm staying away for now. I mean, there was uh, some news that came out this week where I guess Matt Canada came out and said, you know, hey, it's it's Ben's team. We're going to run the offense that Ben wants to run, which I think could be a good thing for Juju because as we know, Ben Roethlisberger, he just wants to th- chuck the ball, you know, 50 yards downfield, 60 yards downfield. I just don't know how good that offense is going to be. You know, granted, they were one of the last undefeated teams and did everything they could to to win a playoff game and couldn't do it against the Cleveland Browns last year. But I don't know. I'm probably more of a Deontay Johnson fan than I am a Juju fan. I think that's 
fair. I think how that's how everyone feels. I think Deontay Johnson is going to continue to break hearts. That's my hot. That's my hot take. I think he's going to continue to break hearts. I like him. I don't think he's ever going to live up to the hyper expectations, especially with Chase Claypool with the diminishing uh, abilities of Ben Roethlisberger with Najee Harris there with Pat Fryermuth. I think that ca- ca- ta- like car- target competition has gone up. I think that Juju was re-signed for a reason. And it's going to hurt Deontay's uh, value, and it's going to suppress it long-term. Yeah. And if, if that's the case, and I'm a GM of literally any other team that needs a wide receiver, you know, not to say that the Steelers are going to deal him this year, but if he does make it to free agency next year, I'm maybe not blank-checking blank Deontay Johnson, but I am considering making a big push because I, I think he's very good, and I think he's in the same line as, like, a Stefan Diggs. I think he's in the same line of – we talked about Curtis Samuel, Tyler Lockett. It's it's these kind of slot guys, but they also can play outside, and they're just technicians with the ball in their hand and getting open, and I, I think Deontay is part of that crew. Well, it is year three for him. He's coming up on – he last year he had 88 receptions, 900 yards, seven touchdowns. So, you know, it's not that he wasn't productive, and he had a shitload of drops. And, like, a zillion yeah, targets. a zillion targets and a shitload of drops. Yeah. So – it's not that he's not good. I think what I'm saying is he's – and he is super talented. He runs amazing routes, and drops are something you can fix. So I think that he's definitely a buy low. I don't think you'll ever call him a Stephon Diggs. I don't think he'll ever touch wide receiver one. Um, and that's fine. If, like, you're okay with, you know, him as a, a back-end wide receiver too, if you think of him as, like, wide receiver 16 to 20 in that range and, and you're happy with that, then that's great. But Chase Claypool is a fucking – beast ben roethlisberger is not that good anymore <laughs> Najee harris got there uh, and the line is really bad so it's going to be and yeah. juju's still there and so that's those are my those are my reasons that i don't love deontay johnson but going back to juju or obj who are you taking first and why uh obj um regrettably like i don't i don't want to touch either of them like if they're both sitting me in the face mm-hmm. i'm, I'm kind of going down and being like uh i don't know hopefully amari, <laughs> amari cooper is there right i would probably do Od- odell mainly just because i don't i don't want in on the steelers offense at this point i seeing ben at the end of last year like i'm just terrified that it's going to be you know duck hodges or uh, you know, whatever other quarterbacks. Did they resign, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Rudolph, mm-hmm. Mason Rudolph? The the racist, supposed racist. Uh, <laughs> who gets – I think – who According I mean, if Garrett. I were Miles Garrett, like uh, what else could have happened that Miles Garrett took his helmet off and almost beat him to death with it? Something really bad had to have happened. But it, it's it's interesting. on On the football field, man, sometimes like – Miles Garrett, you see him in like any interview. He's like the nicest guy in the world. He donates to all these charities. He seems like a really, really great person. And then he gets on the football field and he does something like that. And it's just like, what happens to spark that in these guys? They have to get to like a different place from a mentality that honestly makes them super violent and just very aggressive. And and Kong Su is the same way. Like he seems like a very, very smart, put together person. You put him on the football field, he's stomping on people, he's kicking them, he's doing, he's biting or doing whatever the hell else he does. 
it's um it's what it's they get paid place. to do for a living so. like be that human that's they're just being that yeah, human yeah. in real life is all they're just taking like their job home with them I'm yeah that's day. all they're yeah. doing um so like when you see these crazy things come out about nfl player i'm like they're just being who they've been trained to be and told to be and paid to be their whole life they're just doing it in places that you know you're looking down upon but like shit you what you don't bring work home like come on the Come on, I'm not. I'm not condoning anything. I brought work home for 18 <laughs> yeah, months. I mean, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm not condoning anything. So, uh, one thing that just popped in my head as we were talking, though, you, you were talking about Chase Claypool and how he's a monster. And so, a couple of things I want to. I, I. I. Let's see if this plays. This may not work at all, um, but it might be a fun little uh, a little segment here. So, um, I have in front of me Chase Claypool's kind of combine measurements. And I want to compare them to another player's, and I want you to potentially guess the player I'm talking about, and then we can have a conversation around it. So uh, Chase Claypool, 6'4", 240 pounds, 4'4", 240-yard dash, 40-inch vertical, 126-inch broad jump. Mystery player number one, 6'5", 245 pounds, 4'4", 440 33 uh, inch vertical and 129 inch broad jump. Um, this mystery player also did a couple other drills. So he had a 7.12 second three cone and a 4.35 20 yard shuffle, but a very, very similar athletic profile to Chase Claypool. Um, but, and here's the wrinkle for you they don't play the same position. They're both offensive players, um, but one plays wide receiver, Chase Claypool, and the other plays tight end. The other play is tight end because the other one is has to be uh, Kyle Pitts. It, no? You're right. There we yeah. go. There we go. So with Chase Claypool coming out, everyone's like, oh, he's a tight end. Oh, he's, he's one of those tweener hybrid players. And are we having those exact same conversations about Kyle Pitts? Are we all just being idiots that Kyle Pitts is going to come out and be the next Chase Claypool? You know, why are we not thinking, I guess, or why are we thinking of Kyle Pitts as a tight end and Chase Claypool has completely shown us that, I can be a wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, and so that that was kind of what I was t- touching on and why. And But Chase Claypool, when he came out, ran wide receiver, played wide receiver, wasn't ever in line, was not tasked with learning how to block uh, on the edge and create running lanes, right? Like, that's the learning. That's the gap. That's the learning curve. And so maybe that's not the intent. Maybe they're like, Atlanta's yeah. just like, you're not going to do that at all. I can't imagine why they wouldn't train him to do that why they wouldn't take advantage of that why they wouldn't let keep him closer to the the middle of the field where he has to be taken on by a linebacker right uh, but it's it's a big gap it's a big learning gap in what they're i think they're going to be asked to do um and chase claypool also was the third option he wasn't a feature piece he wasn't taken in the first round there really wasn't the same um you know, emphasis on what he needed to do and what the expectations were. And I think all that made Chase Claypool's Claypool's life a lot easier. Now, that being said, you know I was a big Chase Claypool guy. You know I was a big DK Metcalf fan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You put him on the radar. I'm a big Chase Claypool guy. I'm a big DK Metcalf guy. I loved – and I I really do like Kyle Pitts. It's not that I don't. Like our first episode, I went in on why I think he's being taken too high. But – our zero F episode. Our zero episode. You're right. Our episode zero. Yeah. Correction. But I think that's the problem. I think that it's they're going to ask him to do a lot. There's a lot of higher expectations than both those guys. They were both second round wide receivers, and Atlanta is getting ahead of the curve here. 
and there just there are been a lot of middle round or you know second day day two wide receivers who turn into something in fantasy there are enough yeah. of those to see that that has happened there aren't too many tight ends who you turn around and say oh all right we're gonna make you a wide receiver now how many tight ends do you turn around and say now you're a wide receiver instead uh go have at it you know you're a rookie you're gonna go blow up how many of those i know darren waller was turned from a wide receiver to a tight end but yeah. it usually doesn't work the other way kelvin benjamin does that count well, now he's no. back to a tight end. <laughs> Almost ate himself out of the league. <laughs> back. I can't stand him. Um, no, but I think you're right. I just, I think, uh, you know, with Pitts, I don't know. I mean, like, I have a lot of Pitts in best ball. I don't have him in Dynasty. I was in position to draft him in Dynasty, and I traded right. out. I, I'm surprised that. I would have taken him where you were. I would have probably taken him over. Oh, ET. you would have taken ETN, and then we would have been talking a lot about how ETN. I, I honestly would have, I probably would have traded down. I like that you traded down. I didn't think at three etn was um a good enough value i really still like etn i'm still high on him but my team in that league i don't need another running back um yeah. but i at the time i didn't have a tight end i didn't have i traded for down darren waller but at the time i didn't have one um so i probably would have gone traded back and taken pits yeah i, I don't know i mean it i had to represent the brand i had to go get my boy elijah so i had to trade back and pick up some picks to uh to do just that no i mean it, this has been a good a good episode, I think. I think we've kind of talked about everything that we wanted to talk about, except for the wide receiver tweet of the week, baby. Um, so I'll let you take it because you, you put this one in there. Why don't you talk about the one that you found? I think every week moving forward, we're going to have a wide receiver tweet of the week. It's been asked for by demanded, actually. few listeners we have. It's been demanded. That's what <laughs> the people want. So fuck it. I want to give it to them. Woo! Wide receiver tweet of the week. Some people aren't loyal to you. They are loyal to the need of you. Once their needs change, so does their loyalty. <laughs> That's our boy, AJ Brown. God, these guys are so emotional. They're so in their I, feelings. I think eventually the wide receiver tweet of the week is just not. It's just going to be AJ Brown tweet of the week. I love AJ Brown, so I don't give a shit. That's great. <laughs> Let's just have a segment every week on AJ Brown. The guy's What awesome. a great podcast. Segment. We just read his Twitter. <laughs> the AJ Brown podcast that would be incredible that would be that would that, I mean he would definitely retweet it um, it's just the AJ Brown fan club podcast that's one thing if if I'm going to critique anyone if I'm going to c- critique Elijah Moore on anything it's dude you got to get your sassy tweets up I, I didn't I haven't looked at his account I just pulled up his account to get a tweet of the week going here and his mm-hmm. tweet is you supposed to work hard that doesn't give me enough Elijah that doesn't give me what I want. I want you supposed to work hard like the Egyptians did building the pyramids, dot, dot, dot. Like you need a little something there. Um, you mean like the aliens did? Hey, the aliens see, did. Well, pyramids. now uh, we're, t- we're talking NFL football. We're not talking Kyrie Irving in the NBA or whatever the hell. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I mean, Elijah Moore, he's got an okay Twitter. You guys can check it out. But I think A.J. Brown definitely has it. Stephon Diggs, great Twitter follow. Uh, let's go to Stephon's most recent one. Stefan Diggs on June 8th, out the way, dot, 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 out the business. So that's some wise words to follow by. And I like that. I mean, perhaps, do we want to close the pod on on those uh, Stefan Diggs uh, words of wisdom? I think that we sh- absolutely should because we're, we're giving words of wisdom. We're giving life <laughs> advice here, not just fantasy football. We're telling people how to spend their hard-earned money, how to spend their time, and most importantly, we're telling people how to live their life. And I think that... Uh, if we're imparting wisdom and spreading the word, 
from the gospel of AJ Brown, Stefan Diggs, then hell yeah, we're doing, we're doing yeah, God's yeah. work. That's, that's what it's about. It's about enriching everyone's lives through the tweets of AJ Brown. Exactly. Well, anyway, that's episode two in the books. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out again to Dio Nevins. You can go find him on Spotify. He's going to be our intro and outro moving forward. I appreciate it. Greg, take it easy. Yeah. Uh, let me tell the people where they can find us real quick. So That's right. If, if you want to uh, follow us on Twitter, you are more than welcome to. Uh, we uh, will take any tweets. You can tweet at us uh, all of your spam affiliate links. That's fine. Uh, or also your fantasy football thoughts. Um, our Twitter is at Greg and Dax Pod. Um, if you guys have uh, an email message, an electronic mail, as they say, um, you guys can reach us at gregandaxpod at gmail.com. Um, I'm Greg. I'm Dax. See you later. And this has been a podcast. <laughs> All right. See you oh, and later. if you want to find Greg, you can find his address at... Greg and Dax love football. We know you do, too. So grab a cold one and listen, escape with us for a few.